So I've uh, been talking about exercising our uh, God-given authority over Satan. This is lesson number four for those that are new here. I teach in series and I have reasons for doing that because there's a lot to say. And this is going to be some challenge. Y'all ready to be challenged? It's going to be some challenging stuff today. Y'all sure? Oh, yeah. I got about half the crowd going, I reckon. So, so let, me, let me put a disclaimer on some things. Uh, some of the things I'm going to share today, if you're older, you'll say, well, I already knew that. Because you're older like me. But, but, but if you're younger, you may have never heard some of these things. So you've got to understand the audience that we're ministering to, the, a, a large portion of the generation coming up know very little about the Bible. Did you realize that? A lot, a lot are not aware. It's no longer in schools, in colleges, universities, and biblical content is something of the past. It's a relic of the past for a lot of people. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, so although you may be familiar, others aren't. So that's my disclaimer. Is that okay? Uh, we are spiritual beings living in a physical world. Everybody say it. We are spiritual beings living in a, in a physical world. So the Apostle Paul, 1 Thessalonians 5, this is not my note, so you won't find it. <laughs> uh, 5.23, the very God of peace set you apart entirely. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say spirit, soul, body. See, the three parts to your spirit nature, that's the part of us that relates to us. That's the eternal part of us. Over the years, when I, when I first came to Jesus 40, over 46 years ago, I started uh, thinking of myself as a spiritual being in a physical body. And, and so uh, I, it was really difficult for me to do that because I always thought about my body. I used to do the see in the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth and shaving and combing, when I had hair, combing my hair and all. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, now I've learned to relate and, because the spiritual part of you is the eternal part of you. And long after that body you've groomed all your life is laying in a grave, you'll be alive with Jesus if you know him. Is that exciting? It is exciting. So spirit, soul, that's the part that relates us to this life, um, uh, mind, emotions, will, a simplified way of, of talking about the soul of man. Uh, it, the spirit is not the soul, soul is not the spirit. And then the physical body, uh, that's our earth suit. Astronauts have space suits. That's our earth suit. So we live here. I just like to make things real simple. So we are spiritual uh, beings in a, uh, living in a physical world, and there's a world of darkness uh, all around us, and we need to be aware of it, and there's a class of kingdoms. How many hear me? So the kingdom of darkness, there's Satan himself, which few people actually have to relate to him. They're fallen angels, and then they're demonic spirits, which we know very little about, except they seek to inhabit humans, or uh, in second place, animals. Uh, used to have, uh, when people lived close to the land, animals would go mad. My father, in the 1950s, had a Doberman, pin Doberman pincher that went mad, bit him, and he got those 14 shots in the stomach, hot dog. Thought he may have gotten rabies or something, but he just went nuts. And then people that farm and, you know, in other lands, you know, uh, sometimes a, a cow will go crazy or a horse. And, uh, you know, well, there's demons, sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes there's natural reasons for things, Right. But anyway, and then there, of course, there's the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is God the Father, there's Jesus the Son, there's the Holy Spirit that inhabits believers and is the ever-presence of God universe-wide. Isn't that cool to think about? And then there are angels. There are a whole lot more good angels than bad angels. Isn't that good news? And so, you know, um, a lot of people don't think about all that, but the Scripture says the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Are you glad? <laughs> Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Psalm 103.20, 20, 
which is selling strength, hearkening to the voice of his word. When, when you live for God and, and live his word and speak his word, the angels of God, I don't know what they do. They sure do help you. Is that good news? So anyway, uh, today we're going to look at some of the ways that people yield to the demonic realm and then how you can be free from it. Uh, listen, I've got a set of uh, uh, MP3s. I think I mentioned this last Sunday by Lester Sumrall, a man, a man uh, who went to be with Jesus at age 83 in 1996 who traveled over 100 nations of the world. I remember mentioning him last week. Um, I, I got a, a, a series uh, from his Bible school where he taught on uh, uh, demons and deliverance, and I got that 1981 and listened to it for years and years and years on cassette, and then I found the MP3s, and they're actually in my truck now, and when I turn my truck on, a lot of times I'm either listening to praise and worship music, or I'll go and listen to those 28 MP3s. I mean, just hours and hours and hours of teaching, and he said this uh, way back, uh, way back, this is probably in the late 1970s, it said the Lord spoke to him, that the day would come that over 100 million Americans would be in some form of demon, demon oppression or possession. I submit that could be today. Did you hear what I'm saying? So um, here's what you need to know. De demon spirits go where they are welcomed and not resisted. So if you welcome Jesus and resist him, the scripture says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, right? So we're going to go somewhere today, so uh, let me give you a quick review of where we've been just to catch you up to speed. All of this is on our website. The notes are there. The uh, MP3s are there also. The MP4s, which is video, is there as well. And you can watch and listen to anything. Because I can't go back and say everything, but, you know, we, we've talked about Satan's origin. He was in heaven. He was a beautiful creature. He was lifted up in pride. He sought to usurp the throne of God, was kicked out of heaven. Uh, and when he was kicked out of heaven, he fell to the earth. It's a, there's a, just hours of teaching on that. We don't have time to go there, really. Um, when he fell to the earth, he, cor he corrupted the earth. And he caused uh, God's, God's human race, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, to sin against God. Two things happened when they sinned. first thing was Adam and Eve uh, broke fellowship with God for the entire human race. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fall short of God's uh, glorious standard. How many hear me? We fall short of the glory of God. And that's because the first man, Adam and Eve, first humans, Adam and Eve sinned, and we are heir to their sin. I was shapen in iniquity. Behold, in sin, my mother conceived me. You don't hear much. It's strange to me with churches almost on every street corner, you don't hear a lot about sin. We're sinners. We're not good people. We're awful. We're nasty without Jesus. You don't want to know me without Jesus. And I probably don't want to know you without Jesus <laughs> Because we're, sneak, we're stinkers. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Scripture says. Second thing that happened when Adam and Eve sinned was God actually gave them a, a, an earthwide dominion under his overarching authority over the universe, gave them a, a measure of authority to oversee the earth under him to make decisions. They named the animals, named, you know, all the... Uh, all the plants and animals and such and such. And, um, uh, and so they were God's under rulers. He said, have dominion over all the earth. And, and so he gave them a measure of his authority. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they took that authority that God had given to them. And it was immediately and automatically transferred to God's arch enemy, Satan. And Satan became, and this is the New Testament, uh, this is the New Testament uh, uh, speaking. The, the Satan became the God of this world, God of this age. He became the prince of this world. The scripture is clear that 
that people that don't know Jesus are under Satan's power and control. And that's varying degrees. Some people uh, give him more control than others. How many hear me? And, uh, but that's the way we are. The good news is the representative new creation man, the representative second Adam, Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to earth, he was born differently. We'll talk about that as we head into Christmas. Jesus' was uh, mother was a virgin, which makes him the God-man, which means several things. He never sinned. Is that good news? He was in fellowship with God. Satan had no authority over him, had no jurisdiction over him. And so Jesus, if you read the four Gospels, Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, cast demons out of people, and uh, obviously wasn't subject to... Uh, to the laws that we are because, because he was the God-man and he had fellowship with God and we don't. And then Jesus as the representative man when he died, several things happened. Number one, number one, he became our sin. And he, took, he became our sin substitute. God, there's a just side to God and we'll talk about that later. Jesus took our sin. He, he knew no sin, became our sin sacrifice so we could be right with God. Is that good news? When he raised from the dead, it's like we were raised from the dead. When, when he came out of the grave, it's like we came out of the grave. The scripture says that we came alive in Christ. Is that good? And the scripture says we're also seated with Jesus in heavenly places, which the second thing that happened, everybody listen, I got to talk fast, got a lot to say. I ain't got started on my notes yet. Second thing that happened when, uh, when Jesus uh, was raised from the dead and just before he ascended to heaven, let's talk about this last week. All authority, Matthew 28, 18, is given unto me as the representative second Adam, as the representative new creation human being in fellowship with God, as the head of a brand new race of people, Christians, believers. I mean, hear me. All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth, and he bequeathed that authority unto me and you as believers. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. The authority that Jesus gained as the representative man is yours today. I got three people got that. The rest of you looking at me like, like you're not awake yet. I said Jesus gave you authority over the devil. Spiritual authority, not, not a natural authority over humans. So we took some time and we discussed that as we concluded last week, mentioning that we don't have authority over humans, but we do have authority over demons and their influence. Yes or no? And that you can drive fear and doubt uh, out of your life, depression, oppression, and uh, you, you can believe God for healing. You got to walk in the will of God. You got to be submitted to Jesus first. But there is an, a realm of authority that you can walk in as believers. Yes or no? So we, we've covered that today. Uh, I had to split this into two. I was going to talk about there, there is a, the huge rise in occult practices these days. Now, most people are not aware of them and, and, and innocuously. Uh, partake so we'll cover that next week so if you want to know about that come back next week I took it out of my notes so I didn't have time to talk about it today today I want to talk, talk about the authority you have over immoral demonic forces immorality has taken over the United States of America it's a really 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 sad to, uh, thing to see and uh, they're spreading false concepts about sexuality Yes or no? So, so let's look up. You know, um, back in the mid-80s, before I even get there, I, I was uh, uh, on staff at a large church in Oklahoma. And, um, uh, you know, just I was 25 years old, 26, I think, turned 26 that year. And uh, 
1985, I was studying, and uh, boy, I was talking to people all day long. I mean, they're pouring their hearts out to me, and they got problems galore, and I'm thinking, God, how do you, un- how do you untangle this, this, this messed up life? And I, I come across something that really helped me in my personal life, and then it helped me ministering to others, and uh, I found out there are three basic reasons for problems in living. I like to think broadly about things. It helps you solve problems. I, by nature, I just like to solve problems. I'm a problem solver. So um, three reasons for problems in life. If you have a problem that is confronting you, you, can, you can, it comes under one of these three categories. Number one, number one uh, physical illness. How I many you know illness attacks the human? Of course. Uh, you, it could be a, a, a physical thing, a physical malady of some kind. Secondly, personal sin. Now, personal sin, you could also say personal irresponsibility. How many know there's a lot of that? How many have just been irresponsible a time or two? Huh? Everybody's looking up. Me? (laughs) I've been irresponsible of you. Has it caused you problems before? Uh, Heaps of problems? It causes problems in your personal life? It'll cause you problems mentally, emotionally, relationally? Is that true? Spiritually? Physically? Is that true? Irresponsibility. I could tell you lots of times I've been irresponsible and I say, God, how dumb can I be? Then the third thing is demonic influence. Hmm. Not everything's demonic influence, but under the reasons for problems, that's one of them. Somebody gave a joke years ago and they saw the devil sitting in the corner of a room and he had his head in his hands just white crying. Somebody came up and said, devil, what's wrong? He said, well, everybody's blaming everything on me. (laughs) Everything's not him. Sometimes it's you. (laughs) And yes, sometimes it's others that aggravate you. And then how you respond to their aggravation. Right? And then I would would submit that he's also behind physical illness, but that's another subject for another day. Uh, Satan hides in the Western world. Now, I've been to Africa a bunch, and, you know, he doesn't hide there. I've also been to in- India, and they got a God on every street corner. And you throw it, and people throwing flowers and pieces of fruit at them, you know. And then, and then you, get in your, you get in your taxi, and there's one right there looking at you, smiling with laser flowers around it, and burning incense. So there you go. Got it everywhere. But here, the devil hides. But you know, I, I submit there's just as much idolatry in America as there would be in any other nation. Now, it wasn't that way when I was young, but things have changed a lot since I was young. So, two words come to mind when I think of Satan and how he works today. Two words that I think aptly describe him. The first one is subterfuge. Everybody say subterfuge. Most people don't use that word. And then the second one is incognito. Everybody say incognito. Probably don't use that one either. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Be mentally self-controlled, be ever on your guard, you can translate that, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Don't give in, he said resist, right? Steadfast in your faith. So, again, Satan works through number one, subterfuge, and the definition, a deception by artifice or stratagem to conceal, escape, avoid, or evade. That's that's like the that, that's like that's like the guy that that rules that rules the mayor of a city and the police chief and he's bought the judge and then anytime there's a jury he just tells the judge you make sure this turns out the way I want it to 
No, he's operating in subterfuge. How many know that happens in America today? How many know that's the political climate of America today? Hmm, interesting. Can't go there. He also works by being incognito, uh, which means with one's identity concealed, hmm. without recognition. So in the Western world, little has been said about demonic influence because it's not physically seen. And let me say this, in America, we've had so much light of the gospel in yesteryear that, for instance, I was born in 1958. I know that dates me too, right? But, you know, when I came, you know, we still had the Ten Commandments on the walls in our classrooms. Uh, I could ask for a show of hands, and the older people were going, yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, uh, as, um, let's see, senior, at least when I was a junior in high school, and that would have been in 1974, it was 73, 74. We actually had the um, president of the senior class. Uh, he, pray, he gave a devotion over the intercom. We're all sitting in our homerooms. And then the intercom comes on, and the principal of the school says, well, here's Alfonso Beeling, and Alfonso's the head of the senior class, and he's got a devotion for you today, Alfonso. And he reads a scripture, and he prays. Yeah. And, and then I'm in my Algebra two class, and then my trigonometry class, and I'm sitting there, and I just can't stand the subject. And I look over to my left, and there are the Ten Commandments blaring at me. And I'm smoking pot and doing drugs and all kinds of things that go with it, and I'm looking at that, and it's blaring at me. As if to say, what you doing, boy? Right? So in the past, I mean, we've had so much light that we haven't had the demonic influences that many nations have started with because as Thanksgiving, as we celebrate our Thanksgiving meal, uh, come Tuesday night, I'll talk about uh, the origin of Thanksgiving. I think I, yeah, uh, I actually put it on my podcast for Thursday as well. I'll talk about the Christian origin history of America and the fact that people came here. They came here not to be slave owners. As they're teaching today, they came looking for religious freedom. How many hear what I just said? There's a book called The Light and the Glory, written in the early 1970s. gives you a great history and fair detail of, uh, of the early settlers and what it looked like. Nonetheless, things have changed. The Bible's been put away from our schools, our colleges, civic life. The Bible's been replaced by relativistic thinking, which is, which, which, which is relative values. That is, values rel relative to what you're dealing with now. And, uh, and the light of God's Word is missing, yes or no? Um, which, that leads to lawlessness. Now, you know, so you got a judge that'll let somebody off the hook and then, and then convict somebody else of a lesser crime. It's not fair. That's lawlessness. And, uh, you know, I've said this before, but just drive around in any nation and you can figure out the morals of that nation. Just drive around Raleigh on the 440 bout line, you just figured out the morals of our nation. We are lawless. You got people cutting in and out. I mean, you know, the speed limit 60, they're doing 85. And ain't about ready to stop. Is it true? Because lawlessness is on the rise. So, so the reason for that, you see, when you take God out of the equation of life, you've got four principles that a culture lives by, and this is America today. Uh, it's, it's number one, evolution. If you don't believe in the creation of man, evolution leads to atheism, which is uh, living, denying the existence of God. Thirdly, 
Thirdly, from um, uh, atheism is relative values. And then fourthly is what I'm going to talk about today, amorality. Put an A in front of anything, it makes it opposite. So instead of morality, amorality is anything goes. Any morals go. The morals of an alley cat go. Anything goes. So again, removing the influence of the Bible opens the door to darkness. Anytime you cut a light off in the room, immediately darkness is there. True? So you, all you got to do is just cut a small light on, and the darkness has trouble. Right? And then uh, here's America today. Jesus said something that I think is apropos for today. Matthew 12, 43 through 45, when an unclean spirit, listen, goes out of a man, he walk, goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it, the house empty, swept, and put in order. And then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, so shall it be with this wicked generation. So here's a person that was under the control of demon power, in some ways obsessed of Satan, and he is removed from that person's life. And then the enemy always comes back. Do you know he always comes back to a place he inhabited? Just to see what's there. Yeah, they're familiar spirits. We'll maybe get into this later. But familiar spirits that are familiar. Satan doesn't know everything. A lot of things he knows because of what you tell him. So keep your mouth shut. You'll do better. Right? Just be quiet. Familiar spirits are familiar with your family line. Familiar with your grandma, grandpa, great, great, greats back on. And, uh, and they try to enforce certain behaviors. So I have dealt, I've been in ministry since 1981. I've dealt with all, you know, look at the strata of life and all the problems people can have. Uh, so at some point or the other, I probably talked to somebody about that and then found out mama was that way, grandmama was that way, great, great, great. You know, you don't know how far back, but you can tell something followed, followed the family tree. Uh, Old Testament says the sins of mothers and fathers are passed down to the third and fourth generation. Oh, but the other part is even better. It says, it says the righteousness of the godly is passed down to a thousand generations. Whew. Yeah, I like that one a whole lot better, don't you? Nonetheless, nonetheless, it comes back and, and the person's uh, not replaced that force with anything else. It comes back seven times worth. Now, now the lat, latter, latter part of that verse, so shall it be with this wicked generation, he took it from personal and extrapolated it to a whole culture. To, to maybe even an entire nation, a city, see? So America, because we had such light in our past, because we had so much of the Word of God, not everybody was a believer. You can go read, obviously, you can read our history and find that's not true. But there were enough people that were believers that there was a light here that Satan had a hard time making inroads into in our culture. Now, not everybody is perfect. We've got some real, real seedy people in our history too, Right? Well, there was enough godliness that kept it all at bay. But now, but now, it seems like the gospel light has been extinguished in a way it hasn't before. And even churches aren't preaching the word like they used to. It's become a feel-good service, a please-me service, make-me-feel-good service, prop me up, make me feel good, set me on the right direction, let me fulfill my goals. Well, what about God's plan? What about God's goals? What about God's purposes for life? We need some more preaching like that, right? So... It's another subject for another day. So we just got to be aware that demonic influences have just poured into our nation in an incredible way, unlike I've ever seen in my entire life. How many hear me? Um, again, two areas to watch out for. Deviant sexual behavior has demons behind it. We'll talk about that. 
And then next week, God willing, I want to talk about uh, occult practices. Now, there's more there than meets the eye than you'd ever even realize or know. And I got a lot to say about that, but I can't even touch it today. today, We'll do it next week. Today, deviant sexual behavior. So let me say this. uh, Illicit sex is what got Israel in trouble with God. And God actually had to divorce them, move them off of their land during the Babylonian captivity in 486 B.C. and then for the ensuing following 70 years during Daniel's life. Go read the book of Daniel. They were in Babylonian captivity. And the prophet Jeremiah, he said, look, you guys don't straighten up. You're going to be in, you're going to be in bondage for 70 years. Had lots of reasons to say that. And what he said came to pass. Prophets talk to Israel over and over again. They become uh, immoral in a huge way. And the one thing that set God apart from any other, other gods and, of course, the people groups in, in antiquity, uh, they believed in the spirit realm in a way Western people do not. Did you hear me? And so they had a belief system. Most all, if you go read history, they all believed that, uh, that things that you can't see control the, the known world, and so they would worship uh, animate and inanimate objects uh, and believing that they were worshiping a God that could bless their crops, cause their uh, animals to, uh, animals to uh, you know, produce lots of, lots of, uh, lots of uh, sheep and goats and cows and such that they needed to eat. And then also would keep them healthy and strong physically, right? So that's one of the main reasons that they worshiped false gods. But in worshiping the false god, the number one thing that occurred in the worship of false gods across the board was sexual immorality. Lester Summerall, as I mentioned, he, had a, he actually has a book uh, entitled 60 Things God Says About Sex. And in that book, and I've heard him in person talk about this, he said if the devil had a, had a middle name, it would be S-E-X. Because he takes that second strongest desire in the human person and he uses it to make an inroad into that person's life. So that's the reason you need to control your desires. And if you can't control that sex desire, the enemy's looking for you. And he'll not only wreck you, but your children and the people around you and the relationships that you're in. How many hear me? So Baal worship in the Old Testament, Baal was uh, the god that had all kinds of consorts or other gods with him. And if you go to the, it's a weird study to, study the history of the gods of, um, of the peoples of antiquity, but all of them just about go back to Baal, and all of them are worshipped um, with illicit sex, that is, illicit sex in, in just uh, crazy forms, um, uh, fornication, adultery, uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, listen, transgenderism. And you can go back and read writings to where they actually manipulated the, bodies of a ma- the body of a man to make it look like a woman. Not quite as easy it is as, as it is today. It probably hurt a lot. But then the body of a woman to look like a man. Uh-huh, they did that. They're, they're, they're priestesses of their religion. It's weird, right? Those same devils are alive today. Did you hear me? Now, there's a really good book. Called, he's a Jewish uh, Messianic rabbi uh, by the name of Jonathan Kahn. And he's got a, his new book came out, I think, in uh, August, maybe September 6th or so, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, um, the gods have returned. I dare you to read that book because he chronicles very easily and well um, uh, ju- just the, the history of, um, of, of the false gods of, of um, Israel, which now, he says, have come home to roost in America. So the free love and hippie movements of the 1960s, how many hear me, have moved America away from godly beginnings 
And now we are in a generation that is immoral. There are no morals. You say, well, what's wrong with that? A lot. You take morals away. If you take the Ten Commandments away from life, you can say what you want about the Jewish race. But I'll tell you, God did a fallen world a favor when he put those Ten Commandments on that rock and put it in Moses' hand. And he came down from the mountain. You know why, why it was so good for the world? It showed human beings that are living in a fallen state some standards for life that will keep them from messing up and ruining everything completely. You get away from those Ten Commands, it's lawlessness. And that's the way the Antichrist is going to be. How many hear what I'm saying? We're reaping the consequences of free love. I'm watching the clock. I got a whole lot I could say. When I was a little boy, uh, sexual immorality is nothing, nothing like it is today. In fact, a girl got pregnant in the uh, 12th grade, uh, rode my school bus, and her, obviously, she got big with baby. But immorality was frowned on. And in the heat of the spring, she was wearing a big old overcoat because she didn't want anybody to see her belly because they'd laugh at her. Now it's a common thing. You're pregnant out of marriage? Well, hip, hip, hooray, let's have a party for you. Is it true? Now, listen to the stats. 40% of our children are born out of wedlock in the United States of America without a normal family consisting of a biological male and a biological female. Right? It gets quiet in here, right? So I've got a source here, uh, CDC uh, Vital Statistics. You've got to really search for some of this stuff. Listen to this. In 1990, 15% of white births were to unwed mothers. 34% of Hispanic births were to unwed mothers. And then 64% of black births were to unwed mothers. That's 1990. Look at uh, just a few years ago, six years ago. 28% of white births to unwed mothers. Hmm. Almost a third. 52%, half of Hispanic births were to unwed mothers, and, and 69%, almost three-quarters, of black births to unwed mothers. Question, is that a problem for our culture? Have things changed in America? Why have they changed? We took God away. And when we take God away, the enemy moves in. Did you hear me? And see, with unwed, with unwed births comes poverty and all kind of hell that you can't imagine. How many hear what I just said? It's an irresponsible act. June of 2015, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States approved same-sex marriage as a legitimate re relationship recognized by the U.S. government. Huh? Uh, this summer, uh, in fact, how many know that put our government at odds with God? It's a problem. Then this past summer, there was a bill introduced in the House called the Respect for Marriage Act, H.R. 8404. You can look this up. It's already available online. It was already uh, passed by the House, and then I, I understand yesterday it was actually approved by the Senate. But both, I mean, Democrat and Republican said, all right, we can do this. Uh, that allows for polygamy. Oh, yeah, it'll go there. You watch. Just watch. It makes it wrong to denounce same-sex marriage. Okay, so, so uh, I've got the uh, um, 
uh, hyperlinks in the notes. That's why I go get them, click the hyperlink, and go to where I got this. Um, 117th Congress. And this is in the notes. The Respect for Marriage Act threatens religious freedom and the institutions of marriage in many ways. I'll just read a couple of these. It further embeds a false definition of marriage in the legal fabric of our nation. Do you hear me? Secondly, it opens the door to federal recognition of polygamous relationships. If you don't know what polygamy is, it's being married to more than one person. God said don't do it. It'll cause trouble, 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 trouble. Did you hear me? And then our children are being taught immoral concepts in school. Everybody okay? Some of which a generation ago were deemed deviant sexual behavior by the American Psychiatric Association. I think pre-1973, homosexuality and lesbianism, they were, that was deviant sexual behavior. Much less transgenderism. That's on the same list. Did you hear me? Wow. And now homosexuality, lesbianism, transgender, binary, fluid sexualities are pushed to our children in public schools. If you got a child in public school, you ought to be making some noise. And if you're not making noise, you're wrong. That went over real big. How many know demon spirits love these new laws? Hmm? Now, now why would I say all that? You're going to see a new level of demon activity with all this stuff we're, we're, we're putting our toes into. You hear what I'm saying? It's just happened over the last few years. It's, it's like it's, it's, uh, it's mushroomed in a huge way. God's standards for sexuality have not changed, right? Now I'm going to do something I've never done this in my whole ministry. Y'all okay? So I want to read a portion of Scripture I've never read on a Sunday morning. Now you read it when you're bleary-eyed and you're drinking your coffee in the morning. Say, well, that's weird. That's weird. My God. But I'm going to read this on Sunday. Why am I doing this? Because you don't hear it anywhere else. And I wonder how many churches you go and go in and hear about God's standards for sexuality. Now, some things Old Testament, New Testament never change. God's holiness standards never change. Yes or no? Now, you, you know, we, you had dietary laws and this and that with uh, Israel that God, they were specifically for Israel. But, but many of the laws of the Old Testament, they go right in. And you know what? Uh, it's, it's wise and it's walking in holiness to, to listen to what they're saying. Yes or no? Well, I thought we were under grace, not under the law. Well, just because you're under the grace doesn't mean that you take the Ten Commandments and stomp on them. It means you obey them from your heart. Paul said the, the Holy Spirit writes the law on your heart. He circumcises your heart. And you'll want to obey God just on the inside. You know intuitively things are wrong. So here we are. Are all ready for this? This is New Living Translation. It's tough now. Y'all ready? Why am I reading this? The older people, you go, yeah, I know that. Why are you reading that? Because the younger people have never heard it. So number one, then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel and the Lord your God. Don't act like the people in Egypt uh, where you used to live or like the people of Canaan uh, where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. You must obey all my regulations and be careful to obey my decrees for I'm the Lord your God. If you obey my decrees, my regulations, you will find life through them. You will find life through them. Isn't that good? I'm the Lord your God. You must never have sexual relations with a close relative. For I'm the Lord. 
don't violate your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She's your mother. You must not have sexual relations with her. Don't have sexual relations with any of your father's wives, or this will violate your father. Don't have sexual relations with your sister or half-sister, whether she's your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in your household or someone else's. Don't have sexual relations with your granddaughter. She's your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. This would violate yourself. This would violate yourself. Don't have sexual relations with your stepsister, the daughter of any of your, your father's wives. Now, there was polygamy in the Old Testament. It was never God's best. And they had problems in their family lineages by disobeying God. How many hear me? And finally God said, cut it out. Stop, 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 stop. You're disobeying my commands, right? So where was I? Verse 8, 9. Oh, I was already down there? Okay, good. Don't have sex relationship with your stepsister. The daughter of any of your father's wives. Yeah, that's why I said that. She's your sister. Don't have sex relations with your father's sister. But she's your father's close relative. Don't have sexual relations with your mother's sister. She's your mother's close relative. Don't violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having sexual relations with his wife. She's your aunt. Don't have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She's your son's wife. So you must not have sexual relations with her. Don't have sexual relations with your brother's wife. This would violate your brother. Don't have sexual relations with both uh, a woman and her daughter. And don't take her granddaughter, uh, whether her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter, and have sexual relations with her. They're, are, they're close relatives, and this would be a wicked act. While your wife is living, don't marry her sister and have sexual relations with her. They would be rivals. Don't have sexual relations with a woman during your period of menstrual impurity. Don't defile yourselves by having intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Don't permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech, which was another god I've talked about. And that's the same as abortion today. They would, they would kill their children by throwing them to the fire under this, altar, this uh, god named Molech, and they would kill their children. And we're doing that today with abortion, yes or no? For you must not bring shame on the name of, of your God, I'm the Lord. Don't practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a, what kind of sin? You can't even talk about it today. Hmm. A man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal. A woman must not offer herself uh, to a male animal to have intercourse with it. That's a perverse act. Don't defile yourselves in any of these ways. For the people I'm driving out... Before you have defiled themselves in all of these ways because the, in, because the entire land has become defiled. I'm punishing the people who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. Would you like for uh, the North America to vomit the United States out? Did you know we're involved in these things? Did you know our cultures don't head over here right here? If you read history, we don't read history in America. We're dumb as dirt in a lot of ways. But if you go read history, the reason God had to say this is these people groups that were in Israel when, when uh, the Israelites went into the land God promised Abraham, they were involved in all this stuff with their worship of false gods. And God said, don't corrupt yourself. You're going to mess yourself up bad. How many hear me? And they did it anyway. Mm -mm -mm. And so... Um, Number, uh, verse 24, do not defile yourself in any of these ways for the people I'm driving out 
before you have defiled themselves in all these ways, because the entire land have become defiled. I'm punishing the people who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. You must obey all my decrees and regulations. You must not commit any of these detestable sins. This applies to both native-born Israelites and the foreigner living among you. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land, and history bears that out where I'm taking you. And this is how the land has become defiled. So do not defile the land to give it a reason to vomit you out as it will vomit out the people who live there. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins will be cut off from the community of Israel. So obey my instructions. Don't defile uh, yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. So again, that's pretty tough, would you say? And America is right there. So, So can God overlook what we're doing? Can we be blessed as we have been in our past? If God is, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and and forever, is judgment in our future unless we change as a nation? Huh? You got to think about it. So, So see, sex was God's idea. It's like the icing on the cake when you get, when you marry somebody. Again, the second strongest drive, first strongest drive in a human person, so psychologists say, or preservation of life. Secondly, sex drive. God made the sex drives strong, else we wouldn't have babies in the nursery. And we wouldn't have children in our schools. And we'd dry up as a race. And so a normal sex drive is when a, a, a boy sees a girl, I like her. And the girl sees a boy, I like her. Now that's in and of itself, not lust, right? It's just a desire for the opposite sex. How many know that's normal? What is inhuman and abnormal is when you think a boy's pretty and you're a boy. Or you think that's a hot girl and you're a girl. That is demonically enforced. Yes or no? Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, they shall become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So violating God's original design for sexuality opens the door to the demonic world to invade your life. How many hear what I just said? How many know you need to teach your kids about sexuality? In fact, don't let them find out from anybody else but you. In fact, when I was a little boy, I don't know, I was eight or nine, I was like, what is that I feel? What I like, girl? What is it? I went to the encyclopedia, I looked everything I could up about everything. And then my daddy said, come here, son. He didn't tell me about the birds and bees. He told me about sex. Guess what? I got four children. I sat them all down one day and said, come here. They went in my bedroom, sat on the bed. And I said, they said, what is it? We're going to talk about something you need to hear about. What is it, sex? They turned every shade but white. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had a little book <laughs> that I got from the Christian bookstore. Well, here's a boy. Little girl said, little boy said, here's a girl. That's it right there. And we told him about sex and what God said about it. Because I don't want him to hear it from anybody else. How many hear what I said? Are you telling your kids? Are you teaching your children? If not, you should. Now, don't do it when they're young. Now, uh, to teach a child that's three or four years old, this stuff, that's idiocy. Five years old, six years old, that's idiocy. I don't even know how to describe I don't have a term. You understand? An imbecile would do that. 
or somebody dominated by the devil. We used to call that child abuse, my friends. And then to have a drag queen go into school, don't even get me started. And dress up and gyrate themselves, give me a break. Jesus help us. Demons are in control. How many hear me? Yes or no? Every church in America ought to be talking about this. So let me say this, and I'm about to conclude, believe it or not. When a person is sexually intimate with another person, what that other person has attached to them spiritually can easily transfer to the other person. Now, this is not a sermon about sex. I'm talking about sin and demonic things. But I got a whole series on sex that I, woo-hoo, where did we go there? Anytime you're intimate with somebody, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul was clear. You have sex with a prostitute, and that's what they're doing in Corinth, going to the heathen temple and having sex with a, with a religious prostitute, believe it or not. He said, you become one with that person. One of the things that means is whatever that person's got, you get. Venereal diseases and everything else. But then spiritually, demonic forces come in. Listen to this. This is probably 1986, maybe. I'm in my office one day, and here a guy comes in. And this guy was a Bible school graduate, had been in ministry. And when he came in my office, he was just beleaguered. I can't describe how he looked. He sat down in the chair across from my desk in my office. And, I mean, he just... uh, he just put his head in his hands like this, said, oh, Mitch, oh, Mitch. I said, what in the world? He, was, uh, he had been coming to our church. He had been in ministry, Bible school graduate. I said, what's the matter? He was just weeping, crying. He said, well, I was in Dallas, Texas. I had a low moment. Here's what he said. I, I never forgot this, by the way. He said, um, I slept with a prostitute. I said, okay, we need to pray. He said, he said, Mitch, ever since I did that, listen, I can't stop lusting. Every woman, I lust. And, I, and I'll never forget, and in fact, y'all, it's just it's in my little tiny mind, 20-something years old, it's like, what? I still see his head in his hand. He couldn't get away from it. <sighs> He's not the only one I talked to like that. Well, thank God I was able to pray with him. We were able to get him free from that thing. So you need to be aware. Whoever you give yourself to, you get what they got. You get it? You open a door. And I have a huge concern for don't you have a concern for our children our elementary school middle school high school and all these colleges downtown where's the word of God where are the morals what's happening you know we're, we're helping the abortion clinic over here close down in Jesus name and sometimes the last time we went they had 24 people over there getting abortions What's that tell you about our nation, my friend? So, 
had another illustration here. How many know you need to keep your mind? Um, pornography is awful right now. In fact, uh, Sean in the sound booth just told me, 25% of downloads right now worldwide on the internet are pornography. Well, 24, actually, that's basically 25%. Is that what you said, basically, there? What? 28%? I didn't hear that. 80, oh, I'm sorry, 80%. What was the 24%? What? Oh, 24% of crypto, I got it wrong. 80% of downloads on the internet are pornography. I got that one wrong. That's ridiculous, huh? And then the cryptocurrency stuff, 25% uh, of that's pornography-based. People want to hide. Hmm. Pornography opens the door to lust, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, and people that never thought of these things and start thinking about it. You look at that mess. Whatever you look at gets inside of you. Jesus said the light of the body is the eye. If your eye is pure, your body is pure. If the eye is evil, your whole body is dark. Right? Look what Satan's done with the internet. Look. Mm. Then how many know, you need to watch what you read. Now here's this one shot me. Here's one, uh, Kenneth Hagin, back in the early 1980s, was preaching. Uh, to us, I think it was in, in a Bible school class at Rhema. He said, uh, he said he came across a guy who called him and said, I need help. Here's what the guy said. He said, I'm a retired psychiatrist. He said, I specialized in people that, uh, I specialized in deviant sexual behaviors, trying to help people control themselves. And he said, I had all these books on deviant sexual behavior. He said, when I came to Jesus, the guy's born again filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Born again filled with the Holy Spirit said, uh, when he came to Jesus, he just got rid of all that, just put it away, boxes. But by and by, he said, the guy got some of his books back out that talked about deviant sex. He said he opened them up, started reading them. And here's what the guy told Brother Hagin said, um, I started molesting the little boys. And he said, I know what the end will be because this was my career. I'll end up killing one of them. Can you help me? And Brother Hagin said, yes. So he had to deliver him from demon power that he got from reading the wrong thing. You know, you read the wrong stuff, it can eventually lead you to the wrong place. And my friends, if you look at the wrong stuff, it can lead you to a, a nasty life. Think of what it does to your children, your offspring, your grandchildren, your family. How many hear me? It's a sober day today, isn't it? It's a lot to think about. Demon power, my friends, is everywhere. Subterfuge. Incognito. I was praying this morning, the Lord spoke to me. I'm not going to call you out. You see, God's given you an opportunity right now to clean up. And judgment begins at the house of God. God's people are involved in these things. Did you hear what I'm saying right now? You don't know how many people I've talked to tears streaming both, down both sides of their face of the mess they've made with life because they opened the door to the devil. And my friends, 
Next week, I talk about a cult. This week, this has saturated the United States of America. Where's the pulpit talking about these things? Huh? Where are the men and women of God? We got to clean up. Let me tell you where we're at. We got a window of opportunity. Clean it up. If the church doesn't clean up, the, the culture never will. Just about every week I hear of pastors that fall into sin. Adultery. I got stories that would make you grow hair if you don't have any. Pastors who have committed not adultery just once with multiple people in their congregations and got them pregnant. In America. How many hear me? And then about every week I hear of uh, immorality in some way. In the ministry and a person's you know, obviously set aside from being pastor or leader of their ministry in some way. How many know those sins, they don't start with that. They start years before with wrong thoughts and wrong looks. How many hear me? You say, Pastor, I'd never do anything like that. Don't you say what you'd never do. Can I tell you the truth? I scare me. Huh? Who am I most afraid of? Me. You know what I have to do with me? I spend carpet time. I might burn my nose a time or two. Oh, God. And I ask him to help me. Because I don't ever want to sin against him or you or my wife or my children or my grandchildren. How many hear me? I want to give you an opportunity today. And I'm going to do this, you know, fairly innocuously. So we all going to do it. Is that all right? Here's what you need to, what you need to know in life. Any, any, any time you've done sex the wrong way, you've opened the door in the spirit realm. So if you have immoral thoughts that come your way, you probably open the door somewhere. Now, they're in the atmosphere, I know that. But if they constantly barrage you, you probably left a door open somewhere. And you need to shut the door. How many would like to shut all the doors? And just leave a door open for Jesus. You want to do that? Doesn't that sound good? How would you like to clean the atmosphere up around you? So when people, you know, I feel, you know, I don't, shouldn't tell you some of this. When I walk up, I feel you. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> but, you know, you know, just uh, whatever. I can sense things inside. And sometimes I sense tense, tenseness, what I'm missing. I just, you know, anyway, I'll just stop with that one because that'll spook you. That'll spook you pretty good. Don't go anywhere because we are leaving. I want you to stand up on your feet. We're going to pray. Y'all want to do this? Just before Thanksgiving, just think. Now, this can bring a new level of freedom. As I was praying this morning, I felt hurt. I felt lost. I felt pain. I felt women who had been taken advantage of by people in the family. It hurts. It's never happened to me. 
I felt little boys who had, had been violated, little girls been violated. And then you get older. I've talked to so many people. You, know. you get older and these things begin to affect you. You can't figure out why you want to do this or don't want to do that. You hear me? Today as we leave, you, you want to get free? How many want to be free? See, I'm not going to bring you up front. Well, we're going to do this right where you're at because everybody's got to deal with this. How many hear me? So any immorality, whether it's physical or mental, let's deal with it right now. You ready? So I, I want you to pray a prayer. <laughs> Close your eyes. Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut demonic ties off your life. First of all, you hear you say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know if I'd go to hell and be in the flame or if I'd go to heaven. If you don't know, it's time to change. It's time to give your life to Jesus. How many hear me? If you're here today and you're ready to repent of your sin, what I'm about to do won't work unless this is part of your life. Because you're already on the enemy's territory if you're not walking with Jesus and you're self-centered, you're probably doing a lot of these things or either thinking about it. So everybody in the room, you say, Pastor, I, I don't know if I'm saved. I want to make sure. I want to give you an opportunity. I want everybody in the room to pray out loud. If this is you and you don't know if you know the Lord, you can make Jesus Lord right now. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Everybody say, I believe, I believe. Jesus Christ is the virgin-born Son of God, I believe that He died for my sin and was raised from the dead to make me right with God. Now everybody close your eyes and pray with me out loud. And you need this prayer? Then make it your own. Heavenly Father, I have sinned against You. I am wrong. I've been living wrong. I have sinned with my thoughts, with my, with my words, with my actions, with my motives. And I ask you to forgive me for every sin from the time I was born until today. Jesus Christ, thank you for cleansing me from sin. I accept you as my personal Savior from my sin. Thank you for invading my life now. Come into me in the person of the Holy Spirit and change how I think, change what I want, change every part of me. I accept you. I repent beginning today. I'm going to walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody lift your hands up and just thank God a second. Glory to God. You can play, but not yet. We're not going to sing a song yet. Glory to God. Thank you for salvation. This is worth waiting for right here. Now I want you... Every person in the room, pray this prayer after me. This, is, this prayer will cut the soulish ties of demonic influence off your life. You ready? Are you ready? Close your eyes. Don't be looking at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Say it out loud. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, I repent from any and all past involvement in immorality of any kind and in any way that I have participated in. You were there. You saw me do it. I was wrong. I acknowledge it. I own it. And right now, forgive me. 
in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for any and all lustful thoughts, lustful behaviors that I have involved myself in, in any form. Forgive me for any provocative behavior, provocative dress, provocative looks, provocative words, or behaviors of in a sexual nature that have, I have flaunted myself in with any other person in the name of Jesus. I renounce this and I ask forgiveness now. I renounce any and all sexually immoral behavior I have ever been involved in with my mind, with my emotions, with my will, and with my body. I declare today that I'm free in Christ Jesus. And I command every demonic force that has tried to draw me back into sinful thoughts and sinful behaviors. I command you to leave me now in the name of Jesus. I am going to obey God my Father. I'm going to obey Him. And He is holy. And He told me to be holy. I separate myself from every part of the sexual immorality of my past now. According to God's Word, I am free. And those who the Son has set free are free indeed. I'm free indeed. I'm free indeed. I close the door. And Lord, I open my heart to You. And I ask You, take from me any desire, any human desire that you know is wrong and I know is wrong. Anything in me that gravitates towards sexual sin, Lord, I place that in your lap. Anything that I really like to do and I would actually enjoy, I lay that at your feet. I don't want what you don't want. I only want what you want. I plead the blood of Jesus over my whole being, my mind, my emotions, my will, my body. And Lord, thank you for drawing me close to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. According to God's word, beginning today, I am free in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and worship. Lift your hands and worship.